podcast, fastest hour of the week. And we sure do appreciate every one of you taking time out of your schedule, like we say every week, to join us as we look at God's Word. We look at the events that are going on, current events in our nation and in the world, and seeing how we can parallel those things to let you know. Because some people think, well, God's ignoring us. God's turned his back on us. God's not involved in this. But God is still working on behalf of those who love him and fear him. And tonight we're going to get into three of the topics I believe this week that's uh, really hit the headlines. Um, And we're going to look at those and, and, you know, some of these, I think when you, especially like I've said before, when you watch our news media, uh, I don't care if it's CNN, MSNBC, Fox, any of them, uh, you know, they, they're they all told a certain story or narrative to tell. And uh, I believe it's very important that, you know, we as Christians, we need to do our own due diligence, our own research, our own fact-checking, so to speak, because if any of you are on social media at all, uh, you know, like I do, that uh, fact-checkers, they've even proven are nothing more than just regular people that's just going against the narrative. Uh, It's not legitimately fact-checked. So when we begin to look at some of these things that are going on, um, you know, I want to be able to show you some things in God's Word with it, but also encourage you because, like I say, some of it seems negative, some of it seems discouraging. Um, You know, I know when we get into the things uh, with President Trump, uh, those things, uh, some of that can seem like it's discouraging, like ho- all hope has been lost. But I believe we can shed some light on some things after doing some research and and uh, encourage you that God is not done. God is still on the scene, and he's still working on our behalf. But the first topic that I want to talk about, many of you have probably heard about this, but this happened last uh, end of last week, I believe it was, there was a Turkish lawmaker uh, was given a speech, um, and I'm just going to kind of read some of the things that I jotted down, some quotes that were made. But it says, a Turkish lawmaker has died of a heart attack after he collapsed in front of the parliament after making a controversial speech that criticized the government's stance towards Israel. Hassan Bitmitz, 53, crumbled to the floor after a defiant speech at the General Assembly Hall in Ankara, the Turkish capital, on Tuesday. Concluding his address, he said, We can perhaps hide from our conscience, but not from history, and added, Israel will suffer the wrath of Allah. Now, that's what he said. That was his last words, and uh, Josh has got that clip ready. I want you to watch exactly what transpired here. So you can see, you know, some people say it was just a coincidence, but, 
you know, when I saw this video, when I seen this happen and, and was able to, you know, they, they uh, interpreted what he was saying. When he said that Israel will suffer the wrath of Allah, you know, I was reminded of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3 where God said, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. There was another incident happened, um, but I was not able to validate it to be authentic or authenticate it. Uh, so I didn't use it, but there was a uh, an imam in Pakistan giving a speech, and he said that he had had a dream from Allah and that, you know, about destroying Israel, destroying the Jewish people. And he said that if his words were not true, may the ground shake beneath him. And all of a sudden, their stage that he was standing on to give uh, his speech collapsed to the floor. You know, but like I say, I wasn't able to authenticate it because uh, sometimes they can show videos from two or three years ago and then post captions and stuff. So I want to make sure what I'm giving you has been authenticated and, you know, is factually true. Um, but I believe that we're going to begin to see God stand in the gap for Israel. God's going to begin to defend Israel. There's other reports of some of these Hamas uh, terrorists and ISIS leaders, different ones that have had visions of Jesus himself appearing to them. And they've, you know, uh, thank God, give their lives to Christ and have gotten out of what they were doing. But I believe that, you know, that the that guy, uh, Hassan Besmet, 53, this, this uh, minister of parliament, I think they call him, I believe that God allowed him to have that heart attack because he threatened Israel. He threatened God's people. And I've been saying this, I felt this in my spirit for the last several weeks, but I, I keep hearing the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you can go through the Bible, it's over a dozen times from Old Testament all the way into the book of Matthew and so on in the New Testament where God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, Matthew twenty-two thirty-two, I believe it is, says that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then he says, he's not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. So I think that we're going to begin to see, especially in these last days, and we know if you've been watching any length of time, we know that we are in the, the, the very final throes of the last days. I believe God is going to begin to show up, and we're going to see judgment quickly on those that come against Israel and the Jewish people. So I don't think this was, you know, a coincidence. I don't think it was, you know, a lot of, well, he, he had a medical condition. Yeah, he, he had a medical condition. I mean, he cursed Israel and said, all I was going to strike them dead. And the medical condition was God snapped his fingers and his heart stopped. I mean, that's, that's a medical condition. Absolutely. But I don't believe again, that it was a coincidence. I believe that when you threaten God's people, God is saying enough is enough. But also, I want to encourage you, the same protections that Israel has, God has afforded us, you and I. 
And I believe as the enemy tries to threaten us, God is going to bring wrath and judgment against those that come against his people and his church. When it says there in Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 32, where he says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I begin to wonder, I said, why, why would you say that so many times? But when you begin to study that out, that means, and he is reminding us over and over again, God is a God of covenant. The same covenant that he made with Abraham, he made with Isaac. The same covenant he made with Isaac, he made with Jacob. And that same covenant that he made with Jacob, he honors and holds for you and I. And he will fulfill that covenant and honor every single line of that covenant when we give our lives to him and we serve him. So I want you to be encouraged, even as you see these things begin to happen, know that God is a covenant God. And I believe that God is doing these things to remind us that he's not forgotten his covenant, he's not forgotten his people, and he's not forgotten you and I, the Gentiles that were grafted into the vine, that were were grafted into that covenant because of the finished work of his son, Jesus Christ. And when we accept him as Lord and Savior, now we have been grafted into that covenant and we're heirs to everything that that covenant provides to the Jewish people. So I believe that, you know, also that we'll begin to see these things escalate. I believe in the coming year we'll see more of these kind of things happen. But when you see these things, don't be upset, don't be afraid or dismayed. You know, God is not a God of fear, but he's a, you know, the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. You see, fear is a spirit. And if he hadn't given it to us, then we don't have to receive it. You know, you can look at it this way. You have to receive salvation. It's a free gift, but you have to receive it until you confess your sins and you repent and ask Jesus to come live inside your heart. That gift is there, but it's not yours because you've not received it. Fear, it says God has not given us a spirit of fear. If he's not given it to us, then what do you do with a gift you don't want? You get rid of it. Give it away. And that's what you need to do when you begin to see these things happen or fear comes on you, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, you need to be able to say, now, wait a minute. God has not given me a spirit of fear. I have a spirit that has power, love, and I have a sound mind. And that is what God has given. That's part of the covenant. And I believe that as these things begin to happen, God is going to remind us that he's given us that spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, the next thing I wanted to talk about and probably spend the most of the time tonight on, because I believe it's very important, is the issue of Trump and this ballot battle uh, that you've seen happen in Colorado. Now, when you watch news media, uh, you know, and again, like I say, there's not any of the mainstream media out there is, you know, I, I don't trust any of them. Yes, there's some good people on Fox News that, that say the right things, but they can only say so much. But with this ballot issue with Colorado Supreme Court, 
ruling that Trump is not allowed to be on the ballot in 2024 because of his supposed, and I say that very sternly because it's not been proven, but supposed involvement in the, the insurrection of January the 6th, you know, uh, they said that he, he is, uh, according to the 14th Amendment, Article 3 of the 14th Amendment, he's not eligible to be on the ballot um, in Colorado. Now, all of that's been done, and a lot of people see that on the news, but what the news is not telling you, and I'm going to read here from, this is from the, the law firm, America's Center for Justice, uh, this is, and if you, you want to know what's going on that, uh, the ACLU, um, very, very on point. You can look them up. I think it's ACL, ACLU.com or .org, but you can look them up very, very thorough on law and they're, uh, very balanced. It's not a one way or leaning, you know, yes, they're, they're, uh, working more for the American people. But they're very balanced in what they do. And this article that I'm going to read to you now, this comes straight from their website. But it says, in a shocking rule, the Colorado Supreme Court has banned President Trump from the state's presidential ballot in a split 4-3 decision. The court stayed. This is the part right here that you don't hear on the mainstream media. But the court stayed its own ruling until January the 4th, the day before state law requires the primary ballots to be certified pending an appeal from the Supreme Court. What happened here is the mainstream media is pushing this out there and saying, well, he, he you know, the Supreme Court ruled it. But what I found out is they, they put a stay on it. Because in reality, they know that they do not have a legal standing on how they ruled, that it's flawed in what they're trying to push through in this whole issue. And you see what happened was the courts below them, um, the trial courts for this case, they had ruled that the 14th, the 14th Amendment, the disqualification, oh, excuse me, the disqualification clause did not apply to President Trump and ordered that he remain on the ballot. But the Colorado Supreme Court, however, they reversed that decision. And you see, they don't have any legal standing on what they're doing. And you may say, well, okay, then it's not an issue. Well, the issue with it is, is the precedent, the precedent that it's setting. Because if Colorado goes through with this, and if the Supreme Court, the United States Supreme Court, does not overturn and overrule them, then you're going to start watching different Democrat states, the, the, the blue states. You're going to start watching them begin to do the same thing. Now, Colorado has always, or for the majority of time, has been a blue state. Uh, he didn't win it in the, the first election. You know, and some people say, well, see, it's not a big deal. But it's a big deal in the fact that it sets a precedent. If one state does it and gets away with it, you'll begin to watch other blue states, Democrat-run states, do the same thing to take him off of that ballot. And the reason that they're trying to do this and they're trying so hard is because they know that 
if you do it fair and balanced, which we know that the, the 2020 election was stolen, it was not fair and balanced. But if you just do it fair, that there's no way that he can't win. So they're trying to do everything they can. And you see, they keep bringing up the fact that uh, he was involved in insurrection. But at the same time, that every case that has been made against him, when the evidence has been given, he has that case or that that court case has been dismissed and he has been exonerated from any of the charges because they have no proof. So the Supreme Court doing this, they're waiting on the United States Supreme Court, and I believe it's vital that they take this up immediately because it has to be done before uh, January the 4th uh, because that's the date that the, the state law requires that the primary ballots be certified. So, you know, he, Trump would have to be certified in the state of Colorado. But what happens here is, according to what they're saying here on the ACLU, is even if the Supreme Court, if they do, don't rule on it, then they'll just keep it there, but they're trying to say they'll leave it up to the uh, state's attorney, I believe it is, to whether they can put him on the ballot or not. But the problem with that is, is the state's attorney doesn't have that kind of authority. you know, And they don't have the kind of authority to use this 14th Amendment to try to overthrow Trump running in uh, Colorado. Now, the one thing that you understand, or I've said earlier, was the Colorado Supreme Court's ruling is legally and, uh, and constitutionally flawed on their several levels, but there was three main levels that I took out of this as I was doing this research today. But the number one legally and constitutionally flawed reason is when you begin to go in and study the 14th Amendment, this provision of the 14th Amendment does not apply to former presidents. The 14th Amendment, it has a Civil War provision. That's when it come into play. It has a Civil War provision that disqualifies anyone who commits insurrection or gives aid and support to our country's enemies from holding office. But contrary to this provision, it has been described in the media, it only applies to people that's held certain positions, such as members of Congress, state legislators, or, you know, a certain type of office in the United States. That's the key part here. The 14th Amendment and this provision is to keep people that hold office. You see, they keep looking as, a, as an officer, but in the 14th Amendment, and when you look in the Constitution, we are not, Trump is not an officer. He's an elected official of the executive branch of the government. He's, he's not an officer. So they're, they're grasping for straws here on that. Then the second one was uh, that the cited provision of the 14th Amendment, well, I've talked about this just a little bit ago, but this is the other part. It says it does not give a secretary of state or anyone else the authority to unilaterally decide to remove or add someone's name from the ballot. So 
them saying that they're going to stay it until the Supreme Court votes on it, but the Secretary of State can go ahead and do what they, you know, they can't. It's unconstitutional. And, you know, that's another thing is even if, you know, these things, we have to do these things according and our laws have to be uh, adjudicated. They have to be used according and in line with the United States Constitution. That's one of the biggest things I think we failed to realize is is the lawmakers that we have now are they're ruling according to the rule of law that's not according to the U.S. Constitution that's supposed to be for the people and by the people, but yet they're ruling and manipulating things because they know that they can't win on the merits of the case that they're presenting. Then the third thing is Congress has already provided a reason a person can be removed uh, using the 14th Amendment. Congress prohibits the participation in a rebellion or insurrection and provides that those found guilty of violating, notice the key word there, found guilty of violating this statute shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. This criminal law proceeds through the ordinary course of prosecution, trial by court, decision by jury, and appeal with due process all the way. This case presents one of the biggest constitutional crises that we've seen in modern history because, like I've said earlier, you have to be found guilty. He's yet to be found guilty. Every case has been thrown out because of insufficient evidence or, you know, their cases flat out blew up in their face. So we, we see that these things are happening, but I believe that they're happening for a reason because it's, it's also opening other people's eyes to see that, wait a minute, our country is being ran by a group of people that's not for the people. They're trying to keep their stuff the way they want it and keep us as prisoners or in the dark or as slaves, more or less, um, you know, to the government. So I believe that this is also it's setting a precedent in a bad way, but it's also setting a precedent in a good way that there's going to be more people beginning to wake up going, wait a minute, you, you can't do that because you, you didn't prove that he's guilty. Uh, you hadn't proved anything that he done anything. So if people, you know, and a lot of you may have been watching Fox News, um, you've probably not heard all of this yet. You've probably not heard anybody get on here and say that, you know, that they can't do this and that these proceedings, if they he has to be found guilty, and until he's found guilty, then it can't happen. And, you know, I believe that that's the way it's going to go. I believe he'll be on the, the ballot in Colorado. The problem with that is, too, and you can see they know they're losing, it's a losing battle for them, is because they want uh, Clarence Thomas, one of the United States Supreme Courts, they want him to recuse himself from uh, hearing or, 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 you know, weighing in on this case because they said his wife, it's a conflict of interest because she is a, a Republican a, a advocate or activist, 
and she's been doing that. And they said it's a conflict of interest because she supports Trump and has been very adamant about it. The problem with that is, is she was doing that before her and Clarence Thomas ever got married, you know, but if, if they want to re make him recuse himself, then it would only be fair if that's the way you're going to do it and say, well, because she shows partiality to Trump and that's uh, Justice Thomas's wife, then she need, he needs to recuse himself. That's fine. But then the Democrats attorney, Jack Smith, needs to recuse himself because his wife is a Democrat activist and supporter and has donated lots, large amounts of money to the Democrat party. So, you know, they have that whole mentality of, uh, of what's good for me is none of your business or not good for you. And we're seeing, I believe it's being exposed, the two tier justice system that we have in this country, that there's laws for the elite. And then there's the laws for the rest of us. So I don't want you to be, you know, just distraught by seeing this. I don't believe that this is going, it, it has no merit. It has no weight. If they do pass it through, it's, you know, it's because of the crookedness of everybody, but you, you can look, uh, I've got a picture. You can put that up now of the, the Colorado Supreme court. I mean, and it's got them circled in red, just so you'll know the, the lib, the liberals that are on here. But I mean, you know, I mean, that's just a hideous looking group of people that's <laughs> making laws for us. I, I got to looking at that and I thought, man, we had the ugly Christmas sweater Sunday, you know, they should have just showed up just like they are. Cause that, that's a rough looking bunch of people, but you know, most centers and most Democrats are, uh, they're just not a good looking, happy bunch of people. And you know, they're voting and they're making these decisions based on what they're told to and how they're told to do it because they have what you call handlers. They have people that handle them and tell them what they're going to say and how to say it, when to say it, what to vote on, what not to vote on. It's, it's the same way that the media, they have a narrative, they have handlers that work with them. So everyone that works in that Democrat party, the liberal people, they have handlers that tell them what to say. So it creates a narrative so that you and I believe that it's over. It's time to quit fighting, you know, and the other week, I brought up, uh, uh, I don't remember exactly when it was. It may have been last week or a few weeks ago. But anyway, I, I talked about, you know, when we watch our media, whether it's local media or whether it's national media, you know, whether it's your local news stations here reporting on topics or whether it's the Fox News and CNNs and different ones like that. But you constantly, and then you hear these, uh, our senators and representatives of the house and all the different talking heads, uh, and even some of the Hollywood elites that actually believe in their mind that we give a crap what they think, but they, they get on national TV and they're constantly talking about how Trump, uh, and what Trump stands for and what Trump believes and, and the mega crowd, which I believe most of us are, um, that it, 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 it's, it, it's a destruction to democracy. They're constantly talking about democracy, democracy, democracy. The problem with that is, is we are a constitutional republic. That's what we've always been. That's what we were founded. 
We are a constitutional republic. We're not a democracy. We have uh, certain parts of democracy that we use, but we're held to a constitution that gives us inalienable rights. And, you know, that's one thing I've begun to notice during all of these uh, trials that's been going on and all this stuff against Trump, against the, uh, you know, the, the, the MAGA crowd. They keep talking about it, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be devastating to democracy and it, it's an insult to democracy. And there again, that's the narrative because they want you and me to think that our country is a democracy and that it's supposed to be run like a democracy, when in reality, we're a constitutional republic held to a standard by a constitution that was written that has inalienable rights, which democracy does not have. You know, democracy is for the elites. The constitutional republic is for you and I, the everyday person, being able to live free and survive and thrive in a nation that was created for us to do that in. And as I was researching this, I found a video. This is a former FBI agent. I believe his name was Dan Smooth. You can look him up. A very smart guy. This video was back in 1966. It's about two minutes long, but he explains what the United States of America is. And I thought it would be a perfect time to put that in so that you, because you may have forgot that, and you may be sitting there now going, you know, now that I think about it, all I ever hear is democracy, 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 you know, and the reason you always hear that and you never hear a constitutional republic is because the left, the, the, the deep state, the Democrat Party, they want your mind to be focused on democracy. They want to create a narrative to where that's all you think about. So when they say democracy, you just go with it. So I want you to watch this video. Josh is going to play it right now. It's about two minutes long. Watch this and let this guy explain that to you. A constitutional republic, not a democracy. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. A democracy always degenerates into dictatorship, which promises government-guaranteed equality and security, but it delivers nothing but poverty and serfdom for the people it robs and rules. America was founded as a constitutional republic to safeguard the liberties of the people against the tyranny of democracy or of one-man dictatorship. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, the totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of our principles of government. That is a summary of my report on a constitutional republic, not a democracy. The full report after a message from my sponsor. A democracy is a political system in which the people periodically, by majority vote at the polls, select their rulers. The rulers then have absolute power to make whatever laws they please by majority vote among themselves. In a constitutional republic, the people also, by majority vote at the polls, select rulers who make laws by majority vote among themselves. 
but the rulers cannot make any laws they please because the Constitution severely restricts their lawmaking power. The ideal of a democracy is universal equality. The ideal of a constitutional republic is individual liberty. In this century, great strides have been made toward the goal of subverting our republic and transforming it into a democracy. The foremost tactic of the subverters is subversion of language. By calling America a democracy until people thoughtlessly accept and use the term, totalitarians have obscured the real meaning of American principles of government. Note the following passages from a So you can see by this video, and I, th I thought when I watched the video, he just does an excellent job explaining it, so just let him do it instead of me trying. But, you know, we are a, re a constitutional republic, and that's one of the reasons why I believe, and I think most of you do, and really, to me, anybody with one eye and half sense, when, th when as many people... In our government and Hollywood, all the elites, when that many people hate one man, there's got to be a legitimate reason why. And when you start doing research, you find out it's because he wants to restore us to a constitutional republic where we have certain inalienable rights, you know, the ones that Joe Biden can't even quote himself because he ain't smart enough. He gets so messed up and says, oh, you know the thing. But anyway, he wants to get us back to the original intent that we were founded with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's about liberty and freedom when democracy is about the rule of law and the elites ruling us, and we don't have a say. But we have to get back to a place where when we put people in office, we the people hold them accountable to rule and to legislate according to how we see fit, you know, and you know the whole thing of what it, everybody wants equality, equality, equality. Well, that's an impossible thing because you can't have equality when if I myself have a very high work ethic and I get up every day and I work 10, 14 hours a day and I spend time with my family when I get home. I go to bed, I get up the next morning, and I do it again. When I'm working that kind of work ethic, I'm going to have more possessions and more things and more money and more assets and more investments than a person with a poor work ethic that thinks he can work, you know, at McDonald's the rest of his life and, and you know, flip burgers and, and make some fries making minimum wage, they think that they should have the same things I have. You see, that's what democracy wants. It wants to distribute everything out fairly to everybody. And that does sound good. I mean, it, it, it does have a nice ring to it, especially if you're a lazy person. I mean, you just sit around and, and have the same amount of stuff that somebody that's worked hard all their life has. But that's not what is right. So equality is a good thing until it comes to the part where, well, we're going to be equal, and so you work your butt off and you you save all your money, but when the time comes, we're going to take some of yours and we're going to redistribute it fairly out amongst the people. And that's not how it should work. If I work hard, if I apply myself and I keep climbing the ladder and I financially become stable and then I become an investor and things like 
I should be able to keep what I have and not have to give it to somebody else unless I myself choose to give that to someone. You know, so I wanted to show that to you and just kind of get that, you know, something you can be thinking about, especially the next time you start watching some of the national media, you know, that's all bought and paid for. You know, you're not going to hear them, and if, if you do, uh, I'll be very surprised and I'd like to know about it. But if you do hear any of them say anything about a constitutional republic, which is what the United States really is. So that's just something for you to be thinking on. But be encouraged. God is still right in the middle of every bit of this. The enemy will not have the final say. And I believe moving into this next year, we're going to begin to see God's hand not only for the Jews and for Israel, but I believe we're going to see his hand begin to move against the wicked that has come against this nation. Whether people want to believe it, they can argue it all day long, but we were and will be again one nation founded under God with liberty and justice for all. We're not right there now. I believe we're in a post-God nation, but I believe that we're going to go back to that original intent of what we were called to be. So that's my two cents on the, the Trump ballot crisis. Moving on to the last thing, uh, this is a topic I, I wanted to, you know, uh, talk just a little bit about was, uh, you know, old Pope Francis. You know, did Pope Francis, did he seal the fate for the Catholic Church? There's been a lot of controversy about, you know, the same-sex marriage and homosexuals and who can marry them and who can do this and that. And, you know, and the other week we, we talked about the Methodist Church uh, but now the Catholics, they've doubled down on stupid and uh, or got completely stuck on stupid. But, you know, and if, if anybody's Catholic and watching this, you know, I, I don't want to offend you. But at the same time, the Catholic Church, since I can remember, has constantly been caught in controversy. I mean, now, look, these Pentecostals have done some vile and bad things and they've been exposed to anybody that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and wants to live in sin should be exposed. It's just that simple. But Pope Francis this past, uh, this week, uh, because you know, for some reason, whatever the Pope says is, is law. Uh, I don't exactly know why, but Pope Francis has granted his formal approval, allowing Catholic priests, to bless same-sex couples, I'm going to start over on this because I want y'all to, to hear how stupid and how hypocritical, how ignorant, this flat-out dumb this statement is. Pope Francis has granted his formal approval allowing Catholic priests to bless same-sex couples so long as they do not appear to endorse their marriage, making the church's most permissive decree yet on the issue of same-sex marriage. The Vatican stressed, listen, here's where it gets even dumber. The Vatican stressed that marriage remains exclusively. Now, when it remains exclusively, that means it can only be this way between a man and a woman and any priest granting a blessing to a same-sex couple must avoid any form of confusion or scandal that could suggest otherwise. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. 
they can't condone the marriage, they can't perform the marriage, but they're going to bless them. I mean, that makes as much sense as a screen door on a submarine. I mean, it, it, how, how, if you don't condone it, how are you going to bless it? it you know, it, it, it's, just, it's just ludicrousy that even makes some kind of statement like this and there's going to be people that just follow it, just hook, line, and sinker. Oh, the Pope is so awesome. No, the Pope's going to hell unless he repents. <laughs> you, you can shake that up. You can get mad. You can send me hate mail. But Pope Francis is going to burn in hell like a few of the others that's went on before him because of their stance has not been a God-focused stance. It has been a worldview stance. They have passed legislation. They have not dealt... I mean, it said here in that second paragraph, they did not want, or they had to be careful because they didn't want to have any confusion or scandal. What did I say earlier? How many of you watching online that every time you think of the Catholic Church, it's just been wrapped in scandal? I mean, it's for some reason, these Catholic priests can't keep their hands off little boys and little girls, but mostly little boys. Why? Well, that's a scandal. I mean, they're causing confusion. They're messing with little kids. But hey, don't don't. We're not condoning same sex marriage. We're going to bless you. We're not going to condone because we don't want scandal. I mean, that's all the, the the Catholic Church is ever involved in. Headline news is scandal. They they can't keep their hands off kids, and that may make some people mad. And I understand that. But I'm just, you have to realize they're always in scandal, but yet they're worried about scandal. I mean, for me to give a blessing to a same-sex couple but not condone their marriage would be like me holding the door open for a robber, a bank robber. Well, just come on in, help yourself, and I'll hold the door till you go out. I wasn't involved in it. I helped with it. I mean, I held the door open so they'd have easy entry and easy exit, but I'm not a part of it. You see, they're, I, it just, they're trying to wrap sin up and get people to think, look, we can't marry you, but if you want God's blessing on you, just go see the Pope, the perverted Pope, you know, and let him put a blessing on you. Well, I don't know what God he's given you a blessing from, but I can promise you it ain't the one I serve. It ain't Jehovah Jireh. It's not the El Shaddai. I don't want him blessing me with nothing, you know. But then he went on to say, Pope Francis, 87, has made liberalization towards the LGBTQ Catholics. Well, that's a whole alphabet vomit soup. A hallmark in his papacy. I like all them weird words they have, papacy. Since he became pope in two, uh, 2013, he has urged the decriminalization of homosexuality. Now, the reason he... he uh, has urged the decriminalization of homosexualities because he's he's homosexual himself. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm gonna throw that out there and make a few more people mad. If I hadn't got you mad yet, just hang around. I get you before we end the podcast. But he struggled. He's dealing with those things too. When asked in 2013 about gay priests, he famously replied, "If someone is gay, listen. Here's here's some more stupidity gonna come out of his mouth." If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, who am I to judge? <laughs> I mean, how 
it just vomit alphabet soup. I mean, it, the stuff he says is is almost as stupid as Kamala Harris. If someone is gay and he searches for the Lord and has goodwill, so if I seek God and I do good, but I keep living in sin, they can't nobody judge me. You see, that's the whole other thing. Even the the Pope here of the the head Pope of the Vatican is going to get on here and say, who am I to judge? The fact that only God could judge somebody should scare the hell out of every one of us. Because if I see a brother stumble, the Bible says I'm supposed to go to him. I'm supposed to help them. But oh no, we don't want to judge them. We want to put a blessing on them. And throw that picture of the Pope up. I mean, he looks like, uh, I mean, he, he looks like he's probably been dead for, three or four years now already. But I mean, to me, he looks like one of them horror movie people. You, you know, he looks I, demonic. Yeah. I mean, he, he looks demonic, you know? And I mean, looking at him, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have a problem with weak, wimpy people. I won't, I, if you, a man look like a man, don't look like you struggling to be a man. And I mean, I don't even know if he could, carry a roll of toilet paper without needing help. I, I don't know. He just, he's demonic looking and, you know, I believe, now I will say this because there may be some some Catholics that will watch eventually and I don't want them just blowing a gasket or having an aneurysm because I said their Pope's going to hell, but that's just the truth unless he repents. You may be Catholic. And you may be a good person, but you need to wake up to what's going on in your denomination, in the Catholic <clears throat> denomination. You need to wake up to what's going on. If the heads of your denomination are constantly dealing with pornography, constantly dealing with pedophilia, constantly dealing with homosexual issues, then you need to see what's going on because whatever the head produces, the body will become. So you need to be paying attention that there's some fantastic people I know that live in this community that are Catholics. But I still will tell you whether, whether you like it or not, the Catholic Church as a whole, the Vatican, the Roman Catholic Church, I believe by making this stance has sealed their fate and will be destroyed. I believe that they'll crumble to the ground and fall into pieces because God will not be mocked. And that's what we have to, God will not be mocked. So you can preach it like you think people want to hear it. You can do your little uh, seal of approval with the Pope's ring and the blessing or whatever. You can sprinkle your water and do your little neck choke thing, whatever it is you want to do. And you can do all the Hail Marys you want. But God will not be mocked. And if you don't accept Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, you ain't got but one option. You're going to hell. You know, I know people don't like to hear that, but this is where we're, we're at a crossroads here. You know, and the way I see it, the, we, we've all been running on this four-lane highway or this super-lane highway. But, you know, when they do construction on a highway, they put up those caution cones. And they start out real wide, but they begin doing diminishing lanes until it breaks it down into one lane. And you see, I believe that's where we're headed. And I believe that everything we're seeing 
right now in our society, whether it's the the Methodist Church accepting homosexuals and uh, ordaining homosexual priests, or whether it's the things they're doing to Trump, whether it's the the exposure to pedophilia and s- the satanic worship and the legalization, the exception of abortion, all of these things, all the way down to uh, you know this coming up election, to the war in Israel, to what's going on in Ukraine, to the the crime syndicate family of the Bidens. All of these things are caution barriers. They're the caution cones that are beginning to diminish us down to one lane because the Bible says broad is the way to destruction, but narrow is the way to eternal life. God is weeding people out, and he's narrowing us down to one lane. And the sooner you get over, the better off you're going to be. So we need to pay attention to what's going on in our society, I know a lot of Christians, well, I'm just not political. I don't get into politics. That's why you're stupid. That's why you are you don't know what's going on. And when something tragic happens, it terrifies you and you get in fear. Why? The Bible says people perish for a lack of knowledge. The Bible didn't say people perish for a lack of Bible. Yes, the Bible is knowledge. But I believe it's knowledge in every area that affects your life. Just like politics, world views, current events, I don't like checking into all this stuff either, but I have to do it so that I'm informed and so that I'm not perishing for a lack of knowledge. I'm informed and I know what's going on and I know what God's word says about it. So when these things come up, I'm not in fear. I'm not taken by surprise. You know, I'm excited. Why? Because The Bible says when these things begin to happen, know that the return of the Son of Man is soon. I'm excited because it ain't going to be much longer and we're going to be in glory. But we have to pay attention to what's going on. Watch these things, but do not live in fear. Rejoice and thank God that he is in control of our lives. No matter what happens, I have eternal life. I have the victory already won in my life, and I hope you do too. Well, guys, that's all we have for tonight. Uh, it's a little, little bit more of a rant than usual. I didn't throw out a whole lot of scriptures, but I believe that we, we need to take time, uh, you know, to, to educate people and to wake people up, to get you to think. I, I don't want people just to take what I say, and, well, Pastor Wesley said it, I want to do things that that invoke you you to think, that starts you to thinking and meditating and going, you know, wait a minute, I, I need to look at this myself. I need to check into these things myself because when you start doing your own research and you find out the truth for yourself, they can't nobody tell you no different. You know, and I believe that's why you see a lot of Christians that are swayed to the left or to the right or whichever way the wind's blowing. Why? Because they've not received the truth for themselves. They've just took somebody else's word for it, and that causes destruction. So I hope everybody enjoyed tonight. If you liked it, go down there to that bottom left and hit that like button. If you didn't like it, go down to that bottom left and and hit the dislike button. It don't matter. Just let me know if you liked it or disliked it. If you did like it, please do us a favor 
and share this on your uh, social media platforms. Subscribe to our channel. We're so close to 400 uh, subscribers. We want to keep this momentum going because we want to see people's lives change by the power of God all across the world. And the best way for us to do that is for you to help us by subscribing and sharing this to people you know. If you're listening via podcast uh, on whatever platform you're listening on, you know, download it to your phone so you can have it, but then take it or your device and then share it to some friends that maybe need to hear this that will encourage them that God's not done with the church God is not done with the United States, and I can't wait to see what this next year has in store for us. Guys, I hope you have a blessed and very Merry Christmas. Don't get overstressed. Remember the real reason. I know this is a cliche, but remember the real reason for the season. Unto us, a child was born. Unto us, a Savior was given. Jesus Christ was given the Son of God so that you and I could have eternal life. Not only that, but that we could be victorious in the day now, the time that we live in now. So guys, on behalf of the Gleaning Mission podcast team, me and Josh, we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 2024 is going to be awesome for the believer. Get ready. God bless you, and we'll see you next time.